Hi, everyone, and welcome to Breakdown to Wake Up, a show dedicated to sharing the personal journeys of men and women who have traversed through mazes of uncertainty, dark clouds, and dishonoring themselves, and the lessons they have learned along the path of who they really are and what one can accomplish in our own self-discovery. In sharing these stories, we touch, move, and inspire with a keen understanding that you, too, can transform your life from frustration, ill health, and the darkest depths to abundance, health, and joy. I'm your host, Jocelyn Bellows. As a writing and life coach, I work with men and women to break through the BS of their lives, to find their own voice, and leap into a life they love. If you, too, are ready to get the book out of your head and onto the page, I'd love to hear from you. I can be found at jocelynbellows.com. And if you're joining us today from YouTube, please like and subscribe to my page. My guest today is Filipino-American woman's strength, ad strength advocate, author, speaker, and power lifter, Larry, Larnie Mulvey. She is the founder of Global Standing and Strength Movement. Her 15, year, 15 years working in the sports industry gave her some powerful insights into the world of sports and athletes. Her observations and interactions with athletes also gave her the opportunity to learn the different per perceptions of women across a multitude of sports. Learning from her own experience and expertise, her own internal power allows her to channel her voice using, on encouraging women to harness their own unique power and strength using her voice to bring about global change and awareness to disrupt the narrative surrounding the perception of women. Larnie may focus on women, and yet her message is to educate the world on the views of women, to champion themselves, to know that they are strong, they think as strong as they think they are. Known as the power lady, she encourages and leads women to honor themselves and build powerful legacy for future generations. Creator of the Tools of Strength program, Designed for both individuals and teams, Larnie is determined to build, the, to build a connection of strong mind and able body the world over. As a women's strength advocate, she is launching the Global Women's Strength Initiative to support women and girls that do not have easy access or understanding of strength, sports, health, or fitness. Her book, her first book, Standing with Strength, Inspirational Stories of Powers Unleashed, launching in mid-March is a compilation of stories from women who used movement and sports to find their inner power. Finding this power enables them to stand strong in their truth. And we'll be right back in just a moment with Larnie. And joining me is Hi, thanks so much for being here today. Hi, hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And I'm so, we, we've been chit ch chatting now for, I don't know, <laughs> half an hour. I think it's catching up. Marty and I are very fortunate. We, we connected actually through the, the book writing process, um, having used the same publisher. So I'm really excited. I know you and I talked, I think, at the beginning of your journey through this process. And as I, I just about the time that my book published. So really have been kind of watching you from afar as you've been moving through this. And I I mean, like, I, you know, time is such a warp these days, but your book is coming out in a matter of weeks. So. I know, I'm like, I'm so excited. I, I don't even know, but I just want to say like, Jocelyn, you really like one of the people that I turned to when I was like fearful about writing this book. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, and you know what the thing is, and and, and I'm going to say what we were talking about before. You already have it in you, and that's the whole purpose of this this whole show 
And so we have that power and that strength within us. And it's a matter of stepping forward and saying, yes, I'm going to own who I am. I'm going to own what I am capable of. And I am capable of so much more. I just need to believe that I can. Yes. Changing, this is what we are talking about before, changing the language, changing the language we say to ourselves. Because when we tell ourselves we can't, or we, I'm going to try, <laughs> yeah, I'm using that word. I'm going to try to I am. I am capable. I can. I am, I'm stepping forward. I'm going to take this initiative for me because I want to stand not only in my power, I want to stand up for others who don't feel that they can. Yes. So, so I think that's a great place to start because that, you know, we were talking a bit earlier about what we were going to talk about today in your journey. But you haven't. You haven't always been in this place of standing in your in your strength in your life. No, no. So let's it, start. Where where does that begin for you? Whew, where does that start? Okay, so um, uh, I was born in the Philippines, moved to the states when I was five, and the growing up Asian in America um, transformed my identity so many times that it got to the point where I like really didn't know who I was. So when I was younger and I moved, we got off the plane and started doing like our processing and my grand, my grandparents picked us up um, from the airport. The first thing that I remember her handing me were a pair of shoes. Hmm. And like, I'm like, what are these? <laughs> What do you do with these? Did and you not know what shoes were, or did you not? Shoes in the Philippines, we didn't wear shoes. Well, I didn't wear shoes, and I and to this day, I still hate wearing shoes. I wear them because I have to. But um, yeah, like moving from a place where it's very tropical, you know, you're wearing slippers all the time, or you were barefoot all the time in shorts, and 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 it was just like to wear shoes to put them on. It was like I felt like you know how you put those little booties on a dog. And they kind of do that funky walk. That's how I felt. And that started the almost like the the conformity to American culture because I had to wear shoes. And I mean, eventually, you know, okay, you get used to them. I'm wearing shoes. But then now growing up seeing all these different things that don't look like me or don't look like home, you know, don't look like the Philippines. It was, it was like a lot of internal struggle. Like, okay, well, where do I go to climb the trees? Where do I go run around? And it's, it's, I got to wear a jacket. What the heck is a jacket? Like I've never really worn a jacket before. And it, it really tore me up in my in my head as a little kid. And then you bring in my name, that's Larnie. Oh, <laughs> it, it, I actually for years hated my name, hated my name, and I have curly cute hair. And there's a period at which, you know, permed hair was the thing, but here I was as this woman, this little girl with curly cute hair and everyone else had straight hair and I had a really unique name and people couldn't pronounce to this day. And I'm sure you can relate, can't pronounce it. So you already put yourself, you, you cornered yourself off from society and say, I'm just so different. 
Yeah. And like the identity crisis, not just with my name. It's like, okay, I am this Asian girl going to an American school and I, my name, I don't know if I ever told you this, like my name really has a pause in between the two A's. That makes sense. So it, it's really Laarni. That's really the correct way to spell, to like pronounce my name. But um, in school, it was, I would say that, and nobody would hear that first, um, the first syllable. So they thought my name was Arnie. And then that was the time where like Sesame Street was huge and everything like that. And they used to call me like Bert and Ernie. They used to call me like Bert and Ernie all the time. So it's like, okay, my first experience in school was bullying. Great. You know, and like, how did I deal with that? And then I had to fight for my name. And that, I mean, your name is your identity. Yes. And when you're fighting for it, it's like, oh, okay. It's who are you? Who you are. Yes. At your essence. Yes. So it's like, that's, that's who I am. I, I, that's my name. And, um, you know, like I, I can get into, you know, how eventually, um, fighting for my name, I just kind of gave up fighting for my name and it's became learning to make it easy for everybody else. And it sounds more like more American, I guess, because then when I would say Larney, people think, oh, are you from Hawaii? Are you Hawaiian? And so I'm like, no, I'm Filipino. So I'm from the Philippines. But yeah, it was like that identity crisis started as a kid. And I go through, you know, you go through the roller coaster of all these identity, identity shifts as a teenager, as like a, like a early adult stage. And it's like, ah, oh, where do I go? Who am I? So like, I don't really, I saw myself as a young kid and move, seeing like all these different things on TV. Like we didn't have TV really in the Philippines, but then when you get to America, you have a TV and I started comparing myself started comparing my family, started comparing the things that I had to what I saw on TV. I'm like, why am I not blonde? You know, why am I not like tall and slender? And why don't I have like family conversations that are just like the ones on TV? Like, you know, good job, you know, like that. And they're supportive. Like my family was not like that. And well, it, here, what's, here's what's so interesting. No one's really was. But we are, we, this is, this is why they call TV programming, right? Yes. This is the point of it. Um, it's programming because it's what we believe, what we're being told, what, what is happening in other houses around us so we can conform to and, and what, and, and be a part of this idyllic society. The reality of it is it's so vastly different. I mean, I, I will tell you, I mean, I, maybe I knew like one or two families that, sort of fit some of those idyllic ideologies of what we saw on TV. And yeah. here, I mean, I grew up, you know, I'm born and raised in the US, right? Um, and so I didn't have that same concept, but I will tell you, like, growing up, I also too felt like, why, why was it happening on TV was not my real life. Yeah. Why, did, why did our families live in, you know, across the country and didn't, didn't get, get, didn't gather at every holiday? And right. why was our house so quiet? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was like the conformity of life that 
help that was like a struggle for me. I mean, like in the Philippines, you're running around like a free spirit and stuff like that. And I couldn't bring that to the States. I couldn't. And so that really stifled who I was and stifled what I wanted to be. And even growing up, like who I wanted to be, I, I didn't see anybody that I wanted to emulate, you know, like TV programming back in the day. Okay. So I'm like 44 now, but like back in that time, there weren't like, women role models that I remember on TV that I was like, Ooh, I want to be like that. Um, and I think during like growing up, like you want, I want, it's like kids want to have like that kind of example. And I feel like I didn't have it. And it sucked because it's like, now that I'm in my forties, it's like, I I'm building, I'm building the person that, um, I wanted when I was younger, yeah. you know, strong woman, um, very, you know, vocal, but like standing their ground and very strong and, um, growing up, you know, we are being Asian, we are told to like not ruffle feathers, don't make too much noise, um, just go assimilate into American culture. So you don't, um, you're, you're not sticking out like a sore thumb. So it was, it was all that, that conformity. It, it, it drove me up the wall. It drove me up the wall because I didn't have why that, why that, what was so uncomfortable? I'm, I'm going to use the word uncomfortable. You didn't say that, but is that, is that a word that you'd use for this? Was it discomfort? I was, was, it was, it was very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. That's a great way to put it because it wasn't me. Like being like squished into the cultural norm, plus the American norm, plus not knowing what my norm is. Like, it's like that, that storm that like stirring the pot storm of anger, depression. I, I mean, in high school, I had lots of like suicidal thoughts. I was a cutter because it was all that identity fighting itself. It's like, I could, I didn't have a way to own myself. At some point though, do you recognize, I mean, now reflectively you see that, do you see that now as, your soul was being crushed by something that you weren't. You were, you were being told to be a certain way, but it didn't feel aligned for you. Yes. Yes. It was, it was difficult. Like I honestly, for a long time, I didn't, I felt like I didn't have my own decisions. Like I didn't have my own path. I was living a path that somebody else put forth on me mm -hmm. and it wasn't the path that I wanted. Like, um, I, I come from a family, um, of like medical backgrounds and things like that. And I didn't want to be, I, you know, I'm going to stereotype here because that's the, that's the Asian Filipino stereotype. I mean, I was supposed to be a nurse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a nurse. I hate, I didn't want to be a nurse. I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want anything like that. I mean, the good thing is I compromised with it and I became an athletic trainer. So I was able to work in the medical field, but also work in like athletics. But so that even that, even that word compromise. Yes. You know, I mean, right there, you, you're also, again, you're, you're creating a situation that feels somewhat aligned for you, but also satisfying someone else's tick box. 
of what you're meant to be because someone else said that that's what you're going to be when you grow up. Yes. Um, and at what point though, at what point, learning did you start to say for yourself, no, no, this isn't my path and my path is going to be elsewhere. And, and you know, what, what was that transformation for you? So it was really, um, you know, like they say that you have your experiences and relationships kind of help build who you are just because of the lessons that you've learned in them. Mm -hmm. And there were two pivotal relationships that I had that really directed my path to a different way, but also that roller coaster ride of like being confident, not confident, being confident, but then learning from, from it and running towards what I wanted. Those were two of the, the, the main relationships. Like the first relationship I had, um, I had, I was dating somebody who introduced me to the gym and I was in, I, and as till this day, I love fitness and health and lifting, but he told me that I was lifting too much and I was lifting more than him. So don't, don't lift like that. So the, that again, there's the identity crush, you know, I knew what I wanted, but I wanted to conform to what he wanted me to be. So I erased myself. And you know what? And what's underlying that? What was underlying that for you? Um, the the I the wanting to be loved, the wanting to be um, um, included into his life, mm -hmm. and pretty much erasing who I was. Yeah. And we do that to ourselves all the time of uh, showing up in a way to be received by somebody else instead of stepping forward and saying, this is who I am. And I'm going to love all, I'm going to show up what is, what is naturally me, what I know I can be accomplished. And like what you said, you were lifting weights higher than him. I'm guessing, I'm assuming, because I don't know this person, but this was a way of, him keeping you small because it was it was making him uncomfortable and i i his discover it took me a long time to realize that and so like throughout this journey it's like all the self-reflection it really was like shoot you know i was really like making myself small to make him comfortable yes totally doing it all the time and that was like my pattern make yourself small to get approval from somebody else and then like the second relationship, same thing. I was, I was older, I was in my thirties, but it was like, same thing. I, I chose and I let this person plant these seeds about me um, that weren't true. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where once that relationship was over, I was so broken. Like, I felt like nobody was going to love me. I felt my confidence was crushed. And it took a year of therapy to get myself out of it. But once I got out of it and I learned from this person, like, mm -hmm. honestly, like, if I can go back and re reintroduce myself to these two people, I would tell them thank you. I would, I would tell them thank you because thank you for letting me figure it out myself to know who I am. Yeah. And thank you for um, doing your best to try to tear me down. And now I know 
that, yes, life is going to be a struggle and there's going to be failures and bad relationships, but it's up to me to build myself out of it. It's up to me to climb out of somebody else's standard. And it was up to me to build my own world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really up to me. And um, I was talking to somebody yesterday that it, looking for love outside of myself without loving myself first is such a Band-Aid. Well, it, it's, it's also, it's not only is it a Band-Aid, I'm gonna take it a step further. It, it, you're feeling a, you're trying to fill a void having someone else or someone else or something else or an activity or food whatever it is to fill the void that's within you. And the only way that you can fill that void truly is by filling it for yourself because we actually always have had and will always have everything that we need supplied to us at any given point. We have it inside of ourselves. That's that whole, that's that this whole piece of turning it inward. Yes. The work, the life, the love, the joy, the peace, the anger, the anguish, the fear, the uncertainty, the doubt, the amazing, the joy, the beauty, all comes from within. Yes. Our external world is a reflection of what's happening inside of ourselves. Yes. And I learned, I taught myself to own it. Own who I am because it was the only way I was going to move forward. Mm -hmm. I had to own my cultural standards. I had to own the protectiveness of my family. I had to own the reason why, why was I in the corner? I had to like face all these questions to myself and it really took a lot of reflecting. It really, I mean, it's that inner inventory, like, yes, I love my parents to death and they're, they're their old school way of thinking, but I need to do the Larney thinking. Yes. I need to do my own thinking. And when it came to like um, breaking out of the conformity of like other people's standards of me, I stopped comparing myself to other people. I started owning who, what shape I was. I started owning how strong I was. And when you start, when those things start to shift, what did you start to see shift around you? Um, I. I saw like simple signs of where I I need to be moving forward and what I need to do. So I would start seeing like, this is okay. So this is like the biggest shift that I saw. So I was at the hair salon and I was talking about like, women should be stronger. We should not be hiding. We shouldn't be pretending that we are weak just to appease other people. We should not, you know, if we are, if we think we're gonna apply for a job and we're like not, not confident enough, apply for it anyway, you know, do it anyway. And I was just talking out loud in the hair salon with my hairdresser and somebody that I didn't know like it was another hair person in the salon that was a client. She comes, she comes to me and she goes, thank you for saying that. I really need to hear that. I really needed to hear that. And I said, I told her, I was like, salon sessions are free. You can book me later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
And so this is this is what's so important. I want to capture this right now. Is that it's so important that we use our voice, and I'm sure you're you're on the same boat with this. Is that we show up and we use our voice in a powerful way, because there is somebody who needs to hear what you have to say. There's some, I mean, that was the perfect example. It's why you're writing this book. It's why I wrote my book. Is there are people out there who need who need to hear your voice, to need to see that you've been through hell and back. Yes. And you can not only survive, you can actually thrive. It's when we step up and show up for ourselves, giving permission for others to do exactly the same because they may not see it in themselves. We're just mirrors for others. It's like I see a lot of women who feel like they're not worthy enough. And I was like, oh, my God, you are. You are so worthy. You are so important. You are so valuable. And, um, you know, I I had somebody who, like, would compare themselves to me. I was like, no, don't compare yourself to me. me. You are you. You are your own vessel. You build your vessel. You build what you want yourself to be. And I'm building myself on who I want to be. It's up to you. You can you can take me as an example, but you know, we're gonna to be totally two different people. Yeah. So I'm curious, as we, we're kind of winding down on time. I'd like to take the last couple of minutes for you to, to share with the audience about this book that you are bringing to light. Why this book? Why now? Okay, so my book coming up is called Standing in Strength, Inspirational Stories of Power Unleashed. It has uh, uh, seven authors that talk about how they found their inner strength through movement and sport. And as much as like, I love movement and sport as well, it's always been inside of me. Um, and this book has so many stories of, of different um experiences that these ladies who contributed where they ended up finding themselves they they hit that wall and what happened like it was it's like a roller coaster ride of a journey of strength like where did you find like what did it teach you what movement teach you what did um your strength how did you build it and then what are you going to add to somebody else's life yeah so there is you're doing it through movement, you know. I, shoot, I I could have used I could have also been, although I'm not a, a weightlifter per se, I've I've been a lifelong athlete. Yeah. Um, you know, I still to this day I'm also about to be 44 in a month from tomorrow. Um, so I'll be right there with you, my dear. Um, you know, I still play soccer, right? I started playing soccer at eight years old. And I will tell you, even to this day, every time I step on that field, the sense of the sense of me gets stronger every single time because I know I'm capable of making plays and my body still, still, my body still desires to move forward. My body still can operate in this fashion. Um, I started rock climbing in 20, two years ago mm-hmm. and two years ago. And, and for the first time I haven't really climbed in my life, but every time I, I move up on that, on that wall and it gets, get stronger in that ability, there is a sense of confidence in me saying, yes, I can. And I can keep going. Yes. And really, that's the best part of the message that we share with women. 
Yes, that's part of movement and being strong. Like I, I'm a power lifter. I love power. I love lifting heavy weights, and it's almost like I use my strength as an example that you that women can do it too. Anybody can do it. Doesn't matter. I only started power lifting like two years ago. So it's like anybody can do it. But in my mind, what powerlifting has taught me is that yes, I'm I can be physically strong. But how can I bring other women up with me? How can I build their confidence up with me? How can I help them? How can I support them in finding their own their own self? And I'm that's curious. I want to turn this back too. Why is it important? Why is that important to you? It's important for me to bring these women up because it 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 changes their voice. It changes their voice from that like timid whisper to a different level where they can project their voice. They can say, no, I don't want to do that. Yes, I want to do that. And I want these women to have the opportunity that they never thought that they could have. And that's really important to me. It's There's just a lot of... Um, that's why I, I, you know, in my bio, I, ch I want to change the narrative of what the perception of what women are. We're not living in the 50s and 60s anymore. Yeah. There's a lot of things that women can do. Can women do what men can do? No. But can we build our own standard to what we want to do? I want to I go back to that moment because I, I, wanna be, I want you to clarify when you mean no. What can men do? What can women do what men can do? I'm, I'm guessing you mean that in some specific aspects, maybe in strength. In in strength, in um, you know, it, like like one example, like I could think about is um, is what? Okay, I'm just gonna like pick on sports because that's what I want. To do. Um, like there there is conversation about like why you know girls need to be able to see that they can be athletic too. And um, they can choose which sport they want to play in, which sport they want to take take uh, take some kind of interest in, and it shouldn't. It, it should be let let the girls try, let the girls see it, let the girls do it, let the girls do it. And I want to I want to share this, and I'm going to ask for your final thought as we wrap up the conversation sure. today. Um, I don't know if you've come across a book called Strong's New Pretty. It came out. Oh, it's been about maybe a decade now. Um, it was actually, it's a photography book of young girls um, competing athletically. Um, it was actually oddly interesting. That, well, it, it was a movement. It is a movement. But I think you're, you're striking on that chord. Um, interestingly enough, it was actually written and published by um, a friend of mine that I played soccer with in high school. Um, and, and, she, and I think what you're, I'm going to allude to that because I think you're, you're nailing on that, is that women are as capable and as capable as men. And we continue to approach ourselves in these small pockets. And I think what you want to do is break people out and say, no, this is absolutely, we are here and we are strong and we are ready to roar. Exactly. Well, Barney, um, I'd love final thought from you. And for those of you tuning in today, you guys can find out more about Marnie and her book, her upcoming book at MarnieMulvey.com. It's L-A-A-R-N-I-M-U-L-V-E-Y. 
thoughtsfromthebeach.com and Arnie. And I'm going to say it in front of But final thoughts for me, my dear. Final thoughts for me today, from me today, is know your greatness. Know your greatness. Outperform. Outgrow any of the standards that have been put upon you because you are so worthy and you are so much more than what you think you are. And you're so much more capable of what you think you are. I love it. It's such a beautiful way to end this conversation. Lonnie, thank you so much for being part of the show today. And for everyone who's joined us today, um, once again, I'm your host, Jocelyn Bellas, and thank you much, so much for being part of the conversation. Um, and if you too are ready to write your story and write the story of your life, of what you've been through so someone else can heal, love to hear from you. You can find me at jocelynbellas.com, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Have a great day. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you.